Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we go into a different direction today, though not too much of a different direction. We're going into another book of the Bible. We've just completed examining First uh, Timothy and Second Timothy. So I thought it would make some sense to go into Titus. First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus are often referred to as the pastoral epistles. <laughs> that sounds so official, doesn't it? <clears throat> so often we use these terms. Uh, we sort of carry connotations, you know, that of import and all this kind of stuff. I understand why it's called that. A lot of times people say, well, Timothy was the pastor of the church and Titus was pastor of the church. Uh, you don't see that anywhere. You don't see where that term is given to these individuals, particularly in the way that we in the Western world understand that term today. Okay. Uh, the way we understand, and I, and I mentioned this a lot through the years, uh, about how we have uh, sort of emphasized one particular arena to the detriment of others. For instance, you know, Ephesians 4 says that there are gifted individuals that are given. There's apostles, there's prophets, evangelists, shepherds, pastors, shepherds, and teachers. We've sort of exalted this one kind of thing to be the uh, catch-all and the all-in-all, all, okay? And this one person that's supposed to be uh, the chief propagator of the gospel, this one person that's supposed to be the primary teacher, this one person that's supposed to be, and there's all these terms that we've created, the vision caster. That's one of my favorite ones. You know, they're the ones that have the vision. Really, you show me in the scripture where that's true, okay? Now, did uh, Paul understand that Timothy and Titus both had pastoral roles? Yes, pastor simply means shepherd. You shepherd the flock that is there. Yes, you're supposed to do that. And from that understanding, I understand why they're called the pastoral epistles. But all too often, we really pervert what the scripture is saying to attempt to get it to line up with what we think a particular governmental structure should be within the body of Christ. And that has been to the detriment of the kingdom of God. So anyway, we're going to go into Titus. And uh, it's really a very, very packed little three chapters, a very packed. As a matter of fact, I tell folks all the time within the local church, if we would simply do what we see in First and Second Timothy and Titus, uh, then we would be doing things correctly, okay? We would be doing things the way that God has laid it out as the body of Christ. But we don't do it, and it's just the saddest thing. And people talk all the time, well, we need to do something. We, we know uh, our church is aging out. People are not coming to our church. Well, to start with, it's not your church, right? You know, it is the church of the Almighty God. The problem is that we are attempting to do things in the name of God to try to be attractive to people, to whether they'll be attracted to us and attracted to God. And that's not what you see in Scripture. Again, I can say it over and over and over again. And so we're going to see even more. We've seen some in First and Second Timothy, and Titus is going to give us more insight. Now, we'll begin with Titus chapter 1, verse 1. The first four verses of uh, this letter are all one sentence. And folks, they are such a great example of us of how we need to pay attention to these intros. Uh, 
to the introductions. There's so much truth in them. We need to pay attention, <coughs> excuse me, to the outros also. You know, a lot of times they're just these little, what we think to be throwaway passages because uh, the writer may be saying, well, say hi to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and we don't realize how important it is to understand what's going on here. This first sentence, which, like I said, is four verses long, is amazing. So just listen to the first part. It says this, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, as was Paul's habit when he wrote, he would say, hey, this is Paul at the very beginning. Okay. Uh, when we write letters, and the rare times that we do, we usually don't do that. We usually sign the letters at the end, forcing the recipients to look at the end of the letter to find out who it is that's actually written to them. What's interesting is Paul starts off by declaring, Paul. He just says, Paul, just me. Okay. When you get down to the fourth verse, he says this, to Titus. <laughs> so we know that it's Paul. And we know that he's writing to Titus. Well, why in the world does it take three verses to go from Paul to Titus? Because he is laying out one of the most profound, succinct explanations of what the Lord has done for us and of who he is, Paul, who he is in the Lord, and also who we are. So um, let me think. I've been thinking about how to approach this. I think maybe what would be wise for us today is let me just read the entirety of the four verses, okay? The four verses, which are one sentence here in the English, and just listen to what Paul says. Now, let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to declare who he is in the Lord. He's going to declare what the Lord has done. He's going to declare why the Lord has done it, how he has done it, to whom he has done it, when he did it. Are you getting all that? Who, what, when, where, why, how? Okay, He's going to declare all this. So here it is. Listen carefully. Verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation with which I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the intro and I know that in listening to it, it's quite wordy, and there's some interesting words that are used, and the phrasing of it, like, what is he saying here? What is being communicated? Well, he's letting us know from the get-go one of the primary things that he told Timothy and that he's going to tell Titus, and that is we must know and we must live sound doctrine, okay? Sound doctrine, sound teaching, and we're going to find out that there's deeds also related to this. But just look at the very first part of the verse. first verse. Paul describes himself as a bondservant of God. The Lexham actually translates that as a slave of God. He says, I am a bondservant of God. And each and every true believer is a bondservant of the Most High God. 
If you're not a bond servant of God, you're not a true believer. You're a false believer. You're playing a game. So he says, Paul, a bond servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Paul describes himself as an apostle. And that apostle simply means a messenger, one that's sent forth with a message, one that's sent forth uh, with a, uh, <coughs> a purpose, uh, sometimes an ambassador type of thing. He says, that's who I am. And you say, well, yeah, everybody knows Paul's an apostle. Let me tell you, this right here gives us some insight. All too often people think that there were only 12 apostles, and one of those went rogue, and then they replaced him, and you only have the 12, and there's no more apostles, and it's not true. Paul describes himself, and the word tells us that he is an apostle. People will actually come along and say, well, that's because the early apostles, they messed up, and really Paul was supposed to be the one that replaced Judas. Really? Where do you get that? Well, that's just out of the imagination of man. You'll get all sorts of things like that because people don't want to see what the Scripture says. And the Scripture says that there were other apostles. Okay, I think there are 19 that are mentioned. Now, the 12 are the 12, and the 12 have a special role and a special purpose. There's no doubt. They're actually called the 12. Okay, You have that, but there are other individuals who are called as apostles. And people say, well, that's just in the first century. After we got the whole Bible, there was no need for that. Again, strictly out of the imagination of man, not out of the truth of the Word of God. There is a calling to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Tell you what, we'll talk more about that later because our time's up. It flies and we're having fun, doesn't it? Let's take a few moments before you recline upon your night bed this evening and read these first four verses of Titus and see what the Lord tells you. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.